New York football giants divisional round of the playoffs. Just geez, man, 36 hours to go before big blue will be taking the field down in Philadelphia. We have that conversation around, you know, the betting lines, the odds, Andy's bet of the week. Some key injury updates for the giants offensive line. And ultimately who we think will be the most important X factors come Saturday night. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it's OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where we are your host over here, Adam Armbrecht, over there, Andrew Makowitz, and yes, yes, we are both healthy, wealthy, and wise, sir. Well, I, I was. I, I'm trying to get into game form, Adam. This morning, I woke up with a little bit of a cough, and I, I really got to get it together because I accidentally took NyQuil instead of DayQuil this morning. Let sure. me just tell you, it completely ruins your day. My morning has been a disaster so far. I'm hoping that this episode gets me back on track. So if somewhere along the way, not unlike yesterday's episode where all of a sudden uh, Andy just had a little bit of a reboot in his brain, um, there's, a, there's a chance that you just kind of slowly lean forward and just into the microphone and then come back into it. So good. We'll keep an eye on that. Always fun. Uh, doing the thing over on YouTube here as well for everybody. We're going to have all the episodes that we've done for the last three games because they're all they were all so focused on this if you're on the podcast feed. Uh, defense versus offense, offense versus defense, and then today's episode, they're all going to be out there together for you. So if you're driving around, if you're trying to drown out some type of annoying boss or something, feel free, pop it on, and listen to all of our breakdowns leading up to this one. But before we jump into man, I I'm, I'm itching to get to my parlay for this game, Andy. But before we do, uh, injury updates, obviously, for one Evan Neal and that ankle, apparently. Yeah, Evan Neal popped up on the injury report randomly on Wednesday with an ankle injury. It's always concerning. Um, anytime midweek somebody somebody comes on the injury report and wasn't there at the beginning. Um, the good news is the final uh, one of the final injury reports that came out Thursday um, came back and, and actually removed Evan Neal from it. So I don't know what they were really doing with that. Um, but for the Giants, the big question mark, Aziz Ojolari is the only Giant that is questionable. He's questionable with a quad injury. As we know, he kind of got a knee to the quad. It's like a dead leg type situation for him. He's been, you know, limited in practice, trying to do his best. I'm expecting to see him out there, but it does sound like it's a coin flip. On the Philadelphia side, they've kind of cleared out their injury report. Um, the only person that's out is Avante Maddox, the cornerback with a toe injury. Um, they went and traded for CJ Gardner Johnson uh, during the season. Obviously, he's going to step into that role, so they're not losing too much there. Um, but both teams are relatively healthy coming into this game. And, uh, you know, obviously it feels like the Aziz Ojolari question mark lingers over the Giants all season long. Anything to take away from, from you know, teams most likely being pretty healthy? No, I mean, I think, well, um, yeah, you know, my takeaway is like there's no excuses, right? I mean, you know, if you think about who the Eagles have been this year and the Giants journey and what they've done, we understand for the most part, people are going to look at it. I, it I, I've been surprised from a national narrative standpoint. I think there's been, hey, but now you're at the point where the Eagles, they clean their act up and they move on to be playing in a game to go on to the championship, obviously. Um, but that the Giants have accomplished something to this point. I like not having any excuses around it, right? Like, hey, we're mostly healthy. Yes. Zizo Jolari, would you love to have him out there? Of course you would. But whether or not he plays full bore or not, 
He's been up and down and in and out of this lineup all season long. So then it comes down to the other players there inside of that, I know, linebacking edge core there. That group of players are going to step up. Like, that's, that's, all, that's all there is to it. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I mean, it's hard because I think if Aziz plays, it's a big impact on trying to help against that very strong offensive front for the Eagles. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it hinges on him playing, right? The Giants winning or losing is not just about Aziz Ojolari. I think in a lot of ways, and you've heard Eagles guys talk about it like this too. It's the total team. Uh, you know, I think I, I hate to do this. The Eagles have kind of had this mentality. Their coach is a very like play for the man next to you in the trenches, everyone all pulling in the same direction. This is always an easy team to hate because it's the Eagles, but there's a lot of players on that roster and personalities that are easy to like from an NFL standpoint. So I, I got nothing for you, man, from the injuries. All right. Well, I mean, that means we're ready to go. We're, we're firing on all cylinders. Where do you want to go on this one, Adam? Do we want to talk betting lines? Do we want to talk bets of the week? Do we want to go predictions? Uh, I'll let you drive this one. This is a big one. Divisional round, Giants in the playoffs. Okay, just tell everybody the over-under and tell them the uh, betting line on this game as it stands on Friday midday, and then we'll go into our bets and Andy's bet of the week because I'm itching, dude. I think I've got a juicy one for the fans. Yeah, so the the spread on the game is the Giants getting seven and a half. So the Giants are getting just over a touchdown in this game, and the over-under, the total in the game, is 48 and a half. Do either of those numbers stick out to you in any way, Adam? Uh, yes. So the seven and a half, we know neutral site. Then we're talking about this being a two score game because we're down in Philly, right? So you're getting an extra three there being at home. I guess that would reduce it down then, right? Neutral site, you'd be four and a half. So that's not terrible. When you think about it, neutral site, you actually feel better about it. I had to do the math in my head there for a second. Um, which I think is right. Like I, I would have been shocked <laughs> if the Eagles weren't favored by a touchdown at home, obviously, or a little bit more. The over under at 48 and a half is interesting because we had this happen with the Vikings game too. You went, I think, 24-20 in that game, Giants. I went 31 or 27-24 Giants in that game. Ended up being a little bit higher. But that 48 has me, where's the betting money going right now? Because it has me concerned about whether or not Vegas thinks this could be one where the Eagles get away from the Giants. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. You know, obviously they have that number up there because of the potent offense of the Eagles. I will tell you that the, the line opened at 47 and a half in Vegas. So it has oh. moved up a total, uh, a total point. What's interesting is the betting money, 66% of all wagers are being put on the giants right now. Now we all know that wait until Saturday afternoon at about five or six o'clock and you'll right. see where the, uh, the sharps in Vegas are putting all their money. They like to they like to lay in the weeds and lay low and let other people bet up the line. And then they go and, and they attack it. I'm curious to see if, if you see some late action, late movement come Saturday, right. As you're sitting down for dinner time, you're like, Whoa, why are the giants getting 10 and a half all of a sudden? Or why are the giants at five and a half? It's the big betters in Vegas are going to wait. And then they're going to pick their spot and choose. So you expected yeah, to drop a little bit more here over the next like 24 hours, maybe get underneath the touchdown. And then we could see a big spike before game time. So, I mean, there's that piece of it now. When we talk about Andy's bet of the week and Adam's parlay. So I'm going to, I'll let you get to all of yours because you give people the nice, reasonable options. You've been having some success these last handful of weeks. Isaiah Hodgins has been a really nice one for you to run with, but how I'm going to tell you something, man. And this doesn't really give you anything into where I think the game's going to go or prediction short of saying, I think that Jalen hurts is going to have a solid game against the giants defense. I think there's going to be opportunities, man. When I talk about laying out, let me just go ahead and add them up for you. I've got a, let's see, it's a two, it's a four, I don't know, maybe it's a seven, seven-leg parlay. And you say, oh my God, Adam, again, 
with these too many legs. It's insane. However, do you like the idea of Saquon Barkley scoring an anytime touchdown? You do. Do you like the over for 48 and a half on Gallus Goddard receiving yards? I think that's pretty reasonable. If we believe the Giants can stymie some things, maybe they have to kind of take what they can get with Goddard. That might be a little bit of a risky one. Over 49 and a half rushing yards for Jalen Hurts. I feel pretty pretty good about that. I know it's not the greatest thing, but if we're talking about the Giants being in between, stopping some of those big receiving plays or trying to contain Jalen Hurts, I'll live with that action. Then I have to log back into my app to tell you the other portions of my leg, Andy. How do you feel about those first couple, though? Well, my my favorite part about all of Adam was you're like, all right, let's get to Andy's bet of the week. And then you were so excited about your parlay that you were you were like, I need to give the people what they want in terms of the parlay. Um, I, listen, I, I don't perfect mind Phil, by the way. Great job, so Andy. Let me round this thing out for you. But it was perfect. Oh, perfect. My God. You're, you're, you're pros pro over one and a half. Jalen Hurts passing touchdowns. I, I, there's going to be scores in this game. I don't feel terrible about it. Maybe it comes down to him running one versus throwing one potentially. 46 and a half yards over for one Richie James. I love that number. He's been very consistent all season for the Giants. Over five and a half, Xavier McKinney, defensive tackles and assists. There's no way that he's not clearing that one. And then over one and a half, Graham Gano made extra points. That's how we sit there, my friend. That is plus 2,900. Wow, so 29 to one to get all seven of your ducks in a row. I mean, the listen, same. hey. You're and you know what I did, by the way, let me be really clear. What I didn't do was I didn't include anything related to Daniel Jones because I don't want to touch it. I want I want Daniel Jones to go out there. I want him to have every opportunity to be successful, and I'm not going to put any type of bad juju on Daniel Jones and his performance in this game. Didn't touch rushing, passing, touchdowns, none of it. I stayed clear of Daniel Jones because I want him to have – I don't want my bets weighing over Daniel Jones' head. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a tough one uh, to be able to get all seven of anything, especially when they're not related to each other. It's not, not like, night. yeah, it's it's going to be a challenge, Adam, because when you think about over under one and a half passing touchdowns, but you need uh, over on the rushing yards, you'd expect Jalen Hurts to break one to be able to get the rushing yards might lead to a touchdown that takes away from his passing yards. It's a whole confusing betting thing, but you've got a pretty good one lined up, you know, and, and you know what I like? You also didn't put the Giants to win in there because you want to be able to have the pay, you know, play of the game, pace of play, and have something outside of your ring. Things that seem reasonable, right? Like a Barkley touchdown seems reasonable. Some over on, uh, on, on Richie James there. Other than that, and Graham Gano, I said, Hey, Graham Gano, we're scoring touchdowns. You're kicking extra points, right? Don't touch anything. I actually put a little bit of pressure and here's the beauty of it, Andy, before you get to yours, here's the beauty of it, friends. A lot of what's in there. Guess what? If I don't win my bet, it probably means because Jalen Hurts didn't throw for two touchdowns or because he didn't run for 49 and a half yards. You see what I'm doing? You see what's happening here? Go ahead. Andy. You win either way. You win either way right. in that scenario, right? When I lose, I win. All right, Adam. So I've been hot on my bets of the week. I feel That's really right. good. Last last week, I took Isaiah Hodgins at plus 360 to score a touchdown. Vegas clearly had him mismarked. He had scored in four of his last five games. Like he's clearly been uh, a focal point of the offense since he's gotten you know in stride with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Vegas has wisened up. They've moved him from plus three sixty to plus two twenty. A very stark you know movement on it. Seeing his usage that juicy up enough for you? It's not. It's not. It's yeah. not because. You know, you got to think he's going to have stiffer competition at the cornerback position between either Slay or Bradbury going up Mm -hmm. against them. Going to be less opportunities. I know exactly where you're going. 
I'll know exactly where you're going. Can I spoil your pick? Uh, well, let me ask you. All I'll ask you is, did you pick an anytime touchdown score? Of course. Yeah. His name's Daniel Bellinger. It is. And Daniel Bellinger at plus 490, almost five to one on your money for Daniel Bellinger feels like another mismarking. Obviously, he's been, you know, only getting three or four reception, you know, three receptions a game. You know, the scheme hasn't really dictated it. They didn't need him in this game against the Minnesota Vikings because their woeful secondary was horrible. In this game against the Eagles, they are going to need guys in the slot like Richie James. They're going to need guys at tight end position over the middle like Daniel Bellinger. Give me Daniel Bellinger to score a touchdown at almost 5-1 to in this game. It feels like the best bet on the board, Adam. Ask me, um, uh, not ask me, but tell me, do you have have Matt Breida's anytime touchdown up there? Uh, Yes. Interesting. When you look, oh, go ahead. You have it? Yeah, it's it's uh, nine and a half to one plus 950. So here's what's crazy because what, what are you over on? You're over on, um, I'm looking at, I'm looking on FanDuel. You're on FanDuel. It's crazy. So, um, in, uh, I have, you know, sometimes you have money in different places, whatever. Caesar Sportsbook. So just like by comparison, because, you know, sometimes you think about like, like, don't just go with what you think. And FanDuel is a really popular one and you're going to have some of the best odds. And this is indicative of that because Daniel Bellinger is plus 340 on Caesars. And uh, Matt Breida is plus 675. So, you I mean, the massive increase oh, on, like, your huge. chances to pay out. Yeah, you're getting huge odds. So, you know, even if though they're like not sponsored, no free ads, you know, shout out for the odds that you can get on FanDuel right now to be able to get Daniel Bellinger at almost 5-1. to one. It's almost a yeah. 40% increase, you know, for, for, your, for your money on that one. So, for me, it feels like a game where I want him to be involved. I feel like he, yeah. it feels like he has to be involved. The linebacking core is what the Giants are going to try to take advantage of. If there's a weakness on this Philadelphia Eagle defense, I feel like that soft underbelly will give Bellinger at least a couple of opportunities to score a touchdown in the red zone. Yeah, and he had it last week against the Vikings, even not needing to be involved that much, right? So it'll be interesting. And I always, you know, it's fascinating. So we can start to turn our attention to this game. The reason why I asked about Brita is because we talked about last week against the Vikings. He was in there for significant reps, didn't necessarily get significant touches. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, even split between him and Barkley. But because he is known as, first of all, a little bit shifty, a little bit of speed, and a good receiving back out of the backfield, I can see an opportunity. I don't know if it'll come near the red zone or not, but one of those plays where, yeah, you're worried about taking away Slayton, you're worried about Hodgins, maybe you are thinking about Bellinger as you get into the red zone, and all of a sudden, Brita in that dual setback, we talked about this last time, it's not about taking Barkley off the field ever, if avoidable, it's about having them both there, and all of a sudden saying, yeah, oh, the fifth option, that's the thing that you often will forget about. So when we look inside this game, man, we, we talked about defense and offensive side of the ball leading up to it. Um, I, I think maybe the easiest one and the easiest way the NFL often goes is, is this simply Daniel Jones versus Jalen Hurts? And, and I don't mean it necessarily in the, does Daniel Jones has to outperform Hurts from a statistical standpoint, more touchdowns, all those things. But does it just come down to, is Daniel Jones showing the consistency that he showed last week and over the last several weeks? Is he making the smart, right plays throughout this game? And on the other side, is it Jalen Hurts maybe just catching some of those bombs and using his legs, unlike that Week 18 meeting where we didn't even see Jalen Hurts? We didn't even see that element of their offense. Yeah, so that's a tough question. Uh, it, I would say that Daniel Jones has to outplay Jalen Hurts for the Giants to have a chance to win. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that it. if Daniel Jones outplays Jalen Hurts, that that means the Giants win the game because look at the complimentary pieces that Jalen Hurts has around him across the entire field, right? You would argue the offensive line for the Eagles is better than the Giants. 
you would argue that their wide receiving car is far better than I wouldn't than even argue. I just say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you, you would you would also argue that the defense as a whole for the Philadelphia Eagles is better than the Giants, and the stats bear that out. So yep. Jalen Hurts has a better defense, a better offensive line, and better wide receivers. He doesn't have to do as much. It doesn't really ride on his shoulders. Daniel Jones is going to have to do more. And if he doesn't have better stat lines or better play than Jalen Hurts, then the Giants are going to be in a really tough spot. It would take a Herculean effort from someone like Saquon Barkley or Thibodeau or someone else to really change it if Daniel Jones doesn't beat out Jalen Hurts in this one. Okay, so let's um, let's duplicate. Daniel Jones stat line from the Vikings, right? Let's say that he goes out and he runs for 70 and he throws, you know, gives you almost 350, 400 all-purpose yards on the field. That makes it a fight that puts you in the game, right? Can Saquon, can you do both things? Can Saquon Barkley have a monster Herculean day and Daniel Jones also play to that level? And that's not even, it's not about not, like, it sounds like I'm, I'm asking questions about can these guys actually do it? I know they both can, but from a game script standpoint, I think it's hard to do both things. And last week or yeah, last week against the Vikings for Saquon, it was maximum value on minimal touches. Right. And I, I find it harder to see that being the case in this game against this defense as opposed to Minnesota. And then all of a sudden you're talking about, well, I need five or six or seven more, or eight more carries for Saquon Barkley to get value out of it as opposed to just getting those home run hits and then letting Daniel Jones work the short game and find some of those intermediate successes. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that, Adam, because if there's a weakness in the Philadelphia Eagles, it is their rushing defense. I mean, they give up. 4.6 yards per rush. That's 24th in the league, right? So like people yeah. are able to move the ball. They give up 121 rushing yards a game. That's 16th in the league. They're dead smack in the middle in terms of rushing defense. So that is the area that the Giants need to be able to win. They have to win in the run game. It's going to be some Saquon. It's going to be some Daniel Jones. That is clearly where the Giants are going to spend the majority of their time is figuring out how to keep the Eagles offense off the field, exploiting the 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 one weakness that they may have, if you call it a weakness, which is the run defense of the, of the Eagles, you'll, you'll expect, I expect Saquon Barkley to have 18 carries in this game. Like he's going to have to be able to move the ball effectively. I expect Daniel Jones to have about 10 rushes. Like he's going to have to continue to have double digit rushes to keep them honest. It yeah. feels like the giants are going to look around in the trenches and say, we need to beat them because every time we drop back to pass Hassan Reddick, and Hargraves and everyone else is going to be pinning their ears back looking for Daniel Jones. We have to keep some of that pressure at bay. Yeah, it's interesting, too. I was looking, you know, they give up 8.1 yards per passing play defensively. And so, you know, it's funny because I think you go back to last week and you think about Daniel Jones' performance, and a lot of it was going through his progressions and finding, taking what is being given to him by the defense, right? Just taking the chunk yardage, moving the chains, and, and being incrementally successful. And then looking for some of those big hits from Barkley. In a lot of ways, we talked about this all year, that like Saquon Barkley running for four yards is often like Daniel Jones throwing for six, right? Like, so it's all relative in that sense. And I, what I wonder is, and somebody mentioned this in the comments from uh, on our, one of our last videos, because I want to tie it, I want to try to tie it all together to offensive strategy. Do you, so, okay, more Saquon Barkley, because that is an area of weakness and there's going to be a massive risk reward when we talk about attacking the secondary of the Eagles. I think far higher risk of turnovers, right? Far higher risks of on second and eight or something, putting yourself in a third and long and then making it really difficult. But 
knowing that Evan Neal popped up there for a second and knowing that it isn't going to be as simple as saying, well, we'll just run behind Andrew Thomas. They won't see that coming. Like you're going to have to be versatile in the way you approach the running game. Do you, are you concerned at all on first down the, the way in which Kafka approaches calling this game? Because first down throws are risky if they're incomplete because then you're in second and 10. But first down runs for the Giants have been a little bit risk-reward when it comes to sometimes Barkley getting hit behind the line, no fault of his own, but all of a sudden he gets hit for a two- or three-yard loss. And the thing the Giants can't afford to do is be playing behind the yardsticks in any consistent fashion in this game. Yeah, so it's it's not about being ultra-conservative and saying let's just always run it on first down. In fact, the Giants using play action on first down, uh, if you look at the advanced numbers, Adam, are significantly better when they do play action and they try to throw it on first down. So, right. you know, being able to manage that's what I mean, like lean into it. Right. 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 Exactly. And, and the other thing is like in, in today's NFL, you can accomplish short passes to kind of manipulate what the run game is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, let's not get big contact. Let's take care of the football. Let's move the ball. Let's keep the clock going. Like those are all things that the run game is supposed to do. You know, a, a little bubble screen, a short slant, a quick out, you know, five, four, five, six, seven yard routes can actually manipulate and, and almost replicate what the run game is supposed to do. I expect to see a lot of that. I expect to see a lot of RPOs for Daniel Jones, like make the decision. We trust you now. We saw what you did in the Vikings game. Be smart. We're going to make you make choices in this game. That's really ultimately where this is going to go. And yes, it's going to be tough for Evan Neal. He has obviously struggled. He's given up seven sacks on the season. He, he gives up more pressures than uh, you know uh, I have seen in quite a while. It's going to take him time being a rookie, but you have to figure out ways to scheme away from that or to be able to you know run the football towards him. Like I, I'm just thinking, you can't just have Daniel Jones sit back and hope that Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton can beat man coverage and Daniel Jones can take shots down the field. No. That may happen once in a blue moon, but really the game plan has to be short routes, RPOs, Saquon Barkley, break one play and be the hero that we need you to be. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So before we we'll give our official predictions here, we'll get out the door. There maybe we'll do some extra content tomorrow. I don't know, man. Sometimes I get all jacked up. Last week we did it with uh, with um, uh, Big Dash Nose, man. We had him on. And it was great to connect with him and just have a conversation because I got I had too much energy pent up inside of me. Um. I will say the interesting thing to me is like you mentioned the RPOs and trying to find success offensively throwing on early downs. I, the RPOs are fascinating to me. If they work early, then it's a weapon. And if they don't, and if Philly is getting through that offensive front for the giants, like, you know, there's those plays where all of a sudden, whether it's Barkley or Daniel Jones really being under siege and whatever, whether you go run or you go pass in those option plays, it could really be disruptive on that side of the ball. And it's, it's where I find myself wondering, we've seen this incremental kind of expansion of the playbook, things we had never had throughout the regular season, all of a sudden got put on display in week uh, in the, in the wildcard week against the Vikings. I honestly wonder, because one part of me is like, well, you got to make sure that you can you can protect and an extra guy to chip and help on Evan Neal's side. And then another part of me thinks, listen, man, I want Daniel Jones under center. Remember we talked about this earlier in the year, how when a quarterback drops back into shotgun, it mitigates how much the defense has to work through in terms of what the possibilities are off of that. I maybe want Daniel Jones off the of center. You want to talk about like play action? I like that. I like him rolling out. I like him getting on the edges. 
And I do believe that Saquon Barkley is probably the most critical piece in this game. And also, I just have this like inclination in my mind that especially early in this one, you could see some different things on the offensive side of the ball where they're spreading it out a little bit more. And maybe Daniel Jones, I'm not talking about deep shots, but I'm talking about 15 to 20 yard shots, right? Things that pick up quick first downs for you, take you from your own 35 over into the plus territory. Like those little moments and plays for Kafka and Daniel Jones in this offense, I think that those might be critical as much as those home run hits were critical for Saquon Barkley against the Vikings. So like, it's a fascinating one. You can tell, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like bullish about this game. When we think about predictions, Andy, you said it. Um, we've got that line. We've got the over under. What do you think happens in this game? Okay. So this is a, this is a big one. I'm all over the um, place on this, by the way. I, I have, I have gone back and forth because I, I want to, to be as neutral and unbiased as I can be. I also am a diehard you know, family season ticket holder of the, of the New York Giants. So it's very hard to separate myself from this. The Eagles have been before Jalen Hurts' injury, the probably the best team in the league. They really yeah. didn't seem like they had any flaws. They could run it. They could pass it. They could dictate what people want to do on defense. Um, there's a couple things that stick out in my mind. One is that Jalen Hurts does have postseason experience. He has one game of postseason experience. He went on the road against a, slightly diminished Tampa team last year. They weren't certainly the team that, that uh, won the Super Bowl or looked as bad as they were uh, last week. He completed 53% of his passes. Sure. He, he threw two picks and he fumbled the ball too. So when we talk about like, he has one game, Daniel Jones has one game so far, you look at it and say, all right, Jalen hurts needs to improve on that. Cause that was not good. If Jalen hurts plays that game, the giants win. Like I'm convinced if he completes 50% of his passes, throws two picks and fumbles the ball once the giants are going to win the game. That's the type of turnover battle. The giants are going to need right. the second thing I will say, and this is, this is where my head has been the last couple of days thinking about this, Adam. I was like, man, they brutalized us, scored 48 points on us, made us look terrible in that game, in that, in that week 11 game or December 11th game. Sorry. Then we got to week 18 and they looked kind of questionable against our backups. And it was like, huh, that's weird. Like what's going on here. And then I thought to myself, maybe right. You know, well, yeah, they the didn't really do funny because it's to. like, they were, they showing everything. Were we showing anything? It's like, I, I don't know what to make of that 18. You know, I, I there's plenty to take away from the giants positively on that game, but I'm not going to like hang my hat on what the Eagles couldn't do against us. No, and, and Jalen Hurts, you know, shut it down very quickly. He was he was sliding before ten yards before any contact was hit. Right. Expect him to run through that contact in in the playoffs. But my mind keeps going to this, Adam. I kind of mm -hmm. throw away the the week eighteen. I go back to when they put forty eight points on us, and I think about Leonard Williams missing both games against the Philadelphia Eagles and how the Eagles decimated us in the run game. We know when Leonard Williams is on the field. The Giants are about two yards per rush better. Like, yeah, if you need someone that has a big body that can take Jalen Hurts down if he gets his hands on him, I will I will offer you, Your Honor, Leonard Williams as the guy to be able to do that. The other thing I keep thinking about is that fourth down play where Julian Love comes over and tries to slap the ball away from Devonta Smith, yeah. goes for a touchdown, almost, almost ended the game. Xavier McKinney didn't play in either of these games against the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you talk about someone that can impact the run game, a Pro Bowl caliber player in Leonard Williams, you talk about 
what we think is a Pro Bowl caliber starting safety yeah. in Xavier McKinney. Getting both of them Jackson back on defense. It, uh, I mean, Adore Jackson coming back too. Yep. Massive help to this team. You think about all the reinforcements that have come in, and you think about the momentum that this team has. They really do. It. Like, I don't know. I don't know what Pixie Dust has been sprinkled on them, but they have the confidence that they are going into Philadelphia and winning the game. And that is half the battle. Like, you saw Joe Burrow be like, we're never an underdog to anyone. I don't care what anyone says. The Giants feel the same way. They're like, I am very excited to go to Philadelphia. We'll wait and see. The way the Giants win this game is not in a shootout. I don't think that you're going to be able to consistently move the ball against the Eagles defense. I don't. But what I do think is Jalen Hurts is a question mark. I, uh, his shoulder, his completion percentage, him in the playoffs. I don't necessarily know what I'm going to see from him. Okay. I'm taking the Giants in an upset. I'm I'm taking them. It feels What's like the all the momentum is there for the win. I think the Giants got to keep it a little bit lower scoring because they're not going to be able to move the ball like Philadelphia. Give me the Giants 23 and the Eagles 20, and the Giants move on to the NFC Championship. At the end of the day, Andy, that's right. Look how I'm doing this. Um, listen, man, it's been one heck of a season for the New York football giants. I, I, it's really hard for me not to go with my heart. My head is pretty darn close to it anyway. But um, I, I think you're right. There, there's so many things that the Giants have back, especially on the defensive side of the ball to stymie some things. I'll tell you what you can take away from Week 18. Holding the field goals, not touchdowns. That's a massive factor in this. If you can do that, then it does move the needle. I, I, I think – the Eagles are going to look more high-powered. There's going to be explosive plays for them. It does come down to, can is, is Hodgins for real? This is a big test. Can Darius Slayton make a couple of big plays? This is a big test. And frankly, can Saquon Barkley give you one of those all-time performances? Like That's what it comes down to. Can Saquon Barkley break off 150-plus all-purpose yards, maybe even a little bit more, and dominate some possessions where, guess what, for five, six plays in a row, it's him brutalizing some of those linebackers, brutalizing the safeties that want to come up and get him. He hasn't always been the most physical runner, but we've seen at times where he lowers that shoulder, especially in open field. And frankly, avoid all the contact. I don't care. Sidestep a guy, right? Do your little juke move. Get out beyond them. Break off a 50- or 60-yard touchdown run because the Giants are going to need to do two things. Not give up a home run play and have a home run play. And that can be offensively. It could be a defensive turnover. Whatever it looks like, the Giants are going to need one or maybe two of those in this game and not surrender a single one on the other side for Philly. So, um, <laughs> listen, I, 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 who knows what it's going to shake out to. We did this last time with uh, Minnesota. You were a little bit lower. I went a little bit higher. I'm going to go in that direction here. I'm going to put this game at 30 to 28. Graham Gano, last-second field goal getting the Giants over the top to win this one. Giants advance. Um, the ride lasts at least one more round to hopefully be playing just one game away from the championship, man. Why not have this kind of unprecedented season? Well, about a decade ago it happened, but have it happen one more time. Well, and Graham Gano to seal your over 1.5 field goals in your parlay. The last leg hits on the last second, Adam. You're happy the Giants go into the NFC championship game. Who would have thought? You better believe it, man. All right, you get over on YouTube. Again, maybe some bonus content coming. Check out the podcast feed. You'll get the offense versus defense, defense versus offense, and, of course, game predictions, the parlays, everything you heard here today. Until next time, though, as Andrew Makowitz would want, need, and nay on New York Football Giants playoff weekend, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.